Welcome to A Champion's Mind with your host, Mario Aroyave. Some say the sky's the limit. It isn't. The limit is in your mind. You believe that or else you would not be listening to this podcast. You believe that you could do more. You believe that you can perform at a higher level than you currently are. You are absolutely right. Thanks for being open-minded and allowing this podcast to help you develop a champion's mind. In this podcast, we'll discuss and hear about some mental strategies we can implement to help you achieve your utmost performance. If you feel like you're not performing at your true potential, this podcast will look to give you the keys that can open that lock. Okay, welcome to the Champions Mind Podcast. Today, I've got a pretty cool interview with Lauren Stevens. She is a professional cyclist, rides for Team Tibco Silicon Valley Bank. So thanks for being on, Lauren. Yeah, great to be here. Awesome. So we'll just go ahead and jump right into it. Tell us, and I kind of already alluded to it a little bit, but tell us what you do for a living. I get to race bikes for a living. There you go. Short and succinct. She races bikes, and so a uh, professional cyclist at the highest level. Um, what was it that you did before you actually got into cycling on a professional level? Yeah, I taught high school um, math for three years. Um, I was I was racing on the national level at that time, but um, I was a full-time teacher. Okay, awesome. And so I can allude to going from the classroom to something else, although I'm not a professional cyclist. But, yeah, so classroom classroom experience and then moving on from that. So that's awesome. Uh, let's talk about um, – so classroom teacher, now professional cyclist. Let's talk about the part in the middle there. Uh, when did you kind of realize that you wanted to actually like go after this, you know, goal of becoming a professional cyclist? Um, I didn't really realize it until I won a professional race as an amateur. Okay, and what race? What race was that? Yeah, it was the Charlotte Criterium, which um, it was a big money criterium. So the the winning purse was seventy five hundred dollars for first place, and then all the big teams were there. And um, just a very high caliber race, and to win something like that, all of a sudden I realized, like, oh, maybe I, I do have what it takes. Yeah, awesome, good deal. Um, Kate, what uh, so you make that kind of, you kind of start shifting the mindset to this is a very viable option and a very possible thing for me to become a professional cyclist. When you started going through that, I guess, metamorphosis, who were the people that were most influential and probably still are the most influential people in kind of supporting you in that endeavor? Um, definitely my husband, Matt. Um, he's coached me from day one of racing bikes and um, been with me every step of the way. Awesome. Yeah. And so I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. I know Matt. Matt is a teammate of mine, uh, and he's become a very good friend of mine. So me and Matt race together, and so I know Lauren as well. We're all, uh, you know, Texans, and so I can attest to the fact that Matt is uh, a very positive influence on the local cycling community, obviously both for Lauren and people as myself, and then, you know, working with uh, with the youth as well. And so um, – yeah, I, I know that I personally am, uh, you know, I'm fortunate to have to have the Stevens around in our community, so for sure. And I know that Matt is um, just to share some share some stories. I because I travel with Matt, and so we're at races sometimes and such. I've been on a bike race with Matt 
where he's riding. We're riding on uh, from we're riding from y'all's house to the Fair Park Criterium, which uh, for the people that are listening, it's it's I think you guys live, what, like maybe 10 miles away from that or yeah, so? Yeah, probably about that. Okay, and so we had to go because, you know, the race is at a certain time, but you were racing, and I forgot what race you were racing in, but we're riding on this bike path, which is kind of windy and such, and Matt's riding with no hands because he's got both hands on his phone, and he's looking and watching you racing, (laughs) and so, um, you know... Yeah, he is a huge, huge fan of yours, and uh, and I love to see it. It's all it's always cool to see that. So, um, let's let's kind of shift and uh, and there's a point for it, but I am going to talk about a little bit of the negative side there. Did you have some folks when you told them you were going from the teaching gig, professional cyclist, even maybe after you won Charlotte? I don't know before or after. Like who were don't not who I don't want to do that, but. Were there, were there, I'm sorry, were, were there folks that doubted your ability uh, to be able to do this? I mean, really, at that point, I don't, I wasn't aware of those that doubted um, my ability to do that. I felt like I'd had a very um, steady progression from the beginning of my cycling career. Um, Well, I say I had a steady progression, but at the beginning, I went from a Category 4 racer, which is where the women start, um, to a category one racer in one year. Um, so I, I definitely progressed on the amateur level very quickly and I felt resentment from other strong riders, um, for how fast I was progressing. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and so just, just to give, you know, anybody listening out there, because, you know, this, this kind of does happen, right? I mean, it's like, uh, they, they don't know who you are. And by the time they find out, I mean, you're, you're, I mean, you're gone, right? Like you're, you're showing them your backside, you know, in races and stuff. How did you, I mean, how did you, uh, and if you still have to do it this day in the present, how do you deal with people like that? Like what's, what's a good strategy to have to deal with those kinds of negative influences? Well, Matt was very helpful through that. Um, you know, he just continued to keep me focused on, on myself and continuing to do better each and every race and not worrying about these outside influences. Um, I think it's, it's very important to, you know, um, you want to be aware of what's going on around you, but you don't want it to affect you. Um, as for, like, becoming a professional, I feel like, you know, I had that very fast year, my first year of racing, but then I graduated college, I started teaching, so other things in life slowed down my progression to become a professional cyclist, so I actually spent a long time at that Category 1 level um, because I had so much other things going on in my life, which I think that's why there was enough time for me not to feel that pressure and, and not to feel the resentment from people when I did finally make that move. Uh, I think, you know, if I would have had the opportunity at the end of my first year to go professional, I would have had that negative influence from others of people telling me that it's too soon, that you're not ready. Um, But I think you have to put that outside of your mind and you have to focus on the skills, focus on getting better and not worry about what everyone else is thinking around you. Right. Yeah. And that, and that's interesting, uh, that you talk about the fact that, uh, because you were doing those other things with teaching and graduating from college and such that you look back on it now and that actually 
was maybe a positive thing in terms of allowing you to kind of settle a little bit more and not have that negativity. But, you know, what I always tell uh, athletes when I'm dealing with them and talking with them about the the fact that, you know, a lot of times uh, not everybody's going to like you. And sometimes when you give your goals out and you let people know what you want to do, there's going to be some people that are going to doubt that. And you can choose to entertain those folks and you can choose to give them their attention that they're seeking but the problem is, is that it can be a drain on you mentally, which is going to seep into your physical preparation to be the best that you can be. And so, yeah, I mean, the spot on approach that you've got is just, you know, you want to be aware. Uh, it's hard not to be aware and quite honestly, to kind of shrug it off and pretend like it's not happening and everybody likes you and is on board with what you're trying to do. I think that would be really naive and I don't necessarily think that that's smart. Uh, but at the same time that you're aware you know, not allowing them, like you said, not allowing them the time of day to come in and try and affect some of the stuff that you're, that you're trying to do. So, um, yeah, so awesome. Um, as you're, as you're moving up, so, you know, we're going through your career here and as you're moving up, was there a point where you felt that maybe the pro cyclist thing wasn't for you? Yeah, you know, I feel like that's kind of my card I play when when things don't go my way, <laughs> when the race race isn't playing out the way I want it to play, or I'm not feeling as good as I want to feel. I I let that get into my head that maybe this pro cycling isn't for me. Um, so I kind of see it as my kind of cop out. So <laughs> I guess that's one of my mental struggles. Yeah. Okay. All right. But uh, I mean, how, I guess, how do you, how do you deal with it? How do you, uh, so if a race isn't going your way and then those kind of questions begin to kind of, kind of creep in and those kind of doubts begin to creep in, I mean, what is it that you maybe kind of are accustomed to doing that helps you to kind of get you out of that? Cause obviously you're still doing it and you're still doing it at a high level and you're still racing very well. So, you know, you kind of get, you, you kind of come in, you, you get into it, but then you come out. And so what is it that helps you kind of get out of that? Um, yeah, I think, you know, it's one of those thoughts that you have to put outside of your head and you have to, you have to accept the thought, you know, maybe I'm not cut out for this, but then you need, you need to move on and you need, you know, I am a professional cyclist. It is my job and I love my job um, and I am cut out for it. So I think you just start, you know, giving yourself those, like, kind of a self-motivating speech to yourself um, that, you know, it's hard for everyone, so every day is not going to be your day, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be a professional cyclist. Sure, sure. And, I mean, at your level, uh, you know, the difference between winning and getting on the podium and being 30th is, like, so small that... You know, sometimes they they really are just such minute differences that, uh, you know, sometimes things happen in races and and they end up costing you, you know, 10, 15 spots in it. And it wasn't. And and the the crazy thing about cycling that some folks might not know is sometimes it literally doesn't even have anything to do with you. I mean, you did you did absolutely nothing wrong. I mean, so much can go wrong with the actual bicycle, with with the mechanics of the bike. And all of a sudden that could cause just major uh, mayhem. And it's like, I didn't do anything, but yet I'm still going to receive a number at the end of this race. That's going to, that's going to show my place, which to a lot of people, like that's an accurate reflection of your performance. Well, 
sometimes it's not necessarily. And sometimes I think us as athletes, we, we invest too much stock in that number when, you know, uh, sometimes we, we need to cut ourselves a little bit more of a break than we do. I think, uh, we're willing to do that for our teammates a lot more than we're willing to do that for ourselves. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't necessarily think that, that questioning things is a bad thing. Uh, I think that we all have the moments where we're like, okay, why am I doing this? I, I don't think that that's necessarily bad. We have to have those kinds of seasons where we kind of get a reality check and kind of have to have to get back on track. And so um, I know a lot of folks might think, well, that's that's negative if you're constantly like, you know, or not constantly, but if you're periodically kind of questioning why is it that you're doing what you're doing or am I cut out for this? Uh, I think it really makes you sit down and go, okay, what's my training looking like? What's my sleep looking like? What's my, you know, what's my nutrition looking like? And, and really giving you an opportunity to evaluate whether all of those things are actually kind of in line with what your goals are, you know? Yeah, I mean, um, you talk about results, and, I mean, so many times the results don't tell the whole story. I mean, you know, like you were saying, the difference between finishing 30th and the difference between being on the podium is so minimal sometimes. And um, so, so many times, you know, at home, everyone's just looking at the final results because that is the only information that they have from the race. And they don't right. they don't know – well, Lauren was 30th, but her teammate was second, and Lauren did X, Y, and Z to help get her teammate there. And Absolutely. Yeah, so from the outside, I mean, as a cyclist, I think your cycling community and your racing community understands that results don't tell the story, but you're, you're just, you know, cycling fan or enthusiast, enthusiast um, you know, they only know – to look at the results and I think because we're so we're compared so much to we are an endurance sport so so much um, we're compared to running and you know you look at track and field and there's first second and third and this is how it it is and that's there's not much more to the story um, we're cycling there's so much more to the story than the final results right yeah since you brought up running I'm going to take that and well I no pun intended I'm going to run with it a little bit but I came from running, and I remember when I first got into cycling, I was in for a rude awakening because I felt like I was fitter than a lot of the people that I was racing with, and I think maybe possibly so, but I didn't understand the tactics behind it, and so I would get on the front and go as hard as I could, and I'd turn around and look back, and some of the some of the people weren't even pedaling, or they were just back there talking, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. This isn't how it works in running. In running, you just keep running until the person can't keep up with you, and then and then you just you just keep going. And in cycling, it was so much different. So I, I totally, you know, I can totally resonate with that statement. Um, let's talk a little bit about results because you mentioned that results don't tell the whole story, and you obviously have an understanding of that because this is, you know, this is what you live and what you know best. And so I want to talk about if you're not. If you're not focused on results, what is it that you're focusing on? Yeah, this year, my season, I've really been focused on showing how much of a, a, a teammate I can be and how much I can be helpful. Um, the team made a big focus this year um, to do a lot of the one-day races um, in Europe. So we did a bunch of the spring classics. We were at Flanders um, and, and other races. And, I mean, I've always seen myself as a stage racer, but I also see that I can be very beneficial to um, those that do excel at the one-day races. So, you know, I've spent the entire season um, 
trying to help others and by either getting into breakaways or keeping people in position um, in any ways that I can. Um, but the team has had a very tough year. Um, we've had a lot of injuries. We've had oh, so many broken bones. I've got two teammates still out with broken bones. And um, so it's just been a tough year altogether. So, you know, the results haven't really reflected all the work that we have done. Um, but, yeah, this past week at Philly, I got a great opportunity um, to go into the breakaway, and I spent four out of the six laps in a breakaway. Um, and I, I, can't, I can't remember the last time I was in a breakaway. And it was so great to, to be up there and, and know that I'm, I'm up here going as hard as I can so that my team is getting to rest and be ready for the finish. Yeah, and uh, we were, <clears throat> me and a buddy of mine, not Matt, but me and another buddy of mine, we were sending text messages back and forth. He's like, Lauren's in the break with uh, Mara Abbott. And I don't, that's, I don't know if that's how you say your yeah. name, but y'all were like in a two-person break. And I was like, yeah, you know, awesome. And so we were we were cheering you on. But um, so, okay, I, I want <clears throat> to, in cycling, you you played a role, like let, let's just let's just stay with Philly. You, you played a role uh at Philly in getting your teammates rest so that one of your teammates can get a result. So I'm going to throw this word out there is achieving a team goal. Uh, is that a process? Is there a process that goes into that? Definitely. Okay. And so, um, you know, that, that's one of the things that I think a lot of athletes uh, need kind of some, some refinement in terms of their mindset on is the fact that there is a process that goes into this. And so if we get hyper-focused on results, um, it, it could pan out or it could not pan out, but really and truly focusing on the process is what's going to put us in the best position to actually achieve the result. And so... Um, you know, it sounds to me like your season has been one where you've been called upon and you've been willing to be a really intricate part of the process of getting your team a result. And so some of the stuff that doesn't seem as glamorous uh, because, you know, your your teammate, whoever it is, is the one that's crossing the line first or they're on the podium uh so you're doing some of the less glamorous work, but let's face it, without you doing some of those things, the, the end result of, of, you know, Team Tidco, the end result of y'all getting a result is like it's not going to happen without you being a piece of that puzzle that puts it all together. For sure. You know, Philly's a, a great example to look at and that you can see what I actually did for my team. But then you take a race like Flanders, and my job was also to get in the early breakaway. Well, there never was an early breakaway. But I tried so hard to get into an early breakaway that 40K into the race, I'm no longer even in the race. Um, so, you know, that day was, I mean, I knew what I had done. I knew that I had done my job. And I was disappointed that a breakaway never established. But for sure, when you look at those results, nobody could see what I had done early in the race. Right, right, right. Yeah, and, and so, I, you know, um, it, it's important, uh, especially, man, especially you being at the professional level, it's such a, 
it's such a dogfight, you know, and, uh, and for people that don't know professional cycling, there are such few spots uh, on rosters for teams, and it's such a competitive market uh, that you really, I mean, you've really got to be able to kind of pick yourself back up real quick and dust yourself off because you're, you know, you're getting on a plane or you're getting in a van or a car or something, and you're going to the next race. And, you know, if you can't hit the reset button uh, on the mindset pretty quick, uh, then, you know, uh, disaster is going to breed more disaster, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, you know, we may be looking for somebody else here who's able to perform some of this stuff, you know, a little bit better. And so, yeah, I think, you know, being able to be resilient there is uh, definitely a really important characteristic to have, and there's not a better way to be resilient and continue to enjoy the thing that you do in being a professional cyclist than for, than, than focusing on the process because when you're not getting results, that's really hard unless you've got something saying, I didn't get a result, but I, my job was to get into this breakaway. And so the result was actually never really for me personally. And so I need to be okay with that. Right, right. Yeah, so uh, let's, let's, uh, let's talk about your career. So if we're looking at it from a, from a bird's eye view from a 5,000-foot level. Would you say it's been kind of a steady rise, or would you say it's been a little bit more of a seesaw with ups and downs? Um, I think it's definitely been a steady rise. Um, I feel like I've kind of hit a plateau um, this year, um, but up until this point, it's definitely been a steady rise. Okay. Yeah. So just making steady progression, just continually learning and picking up experience that allows you to kind of build upon for the next season? Yeah, for sure. So the first year that I was on TIPCO um, – I had some tremendous riders on the team, um, Claudia Hausler, Shelly Olds, um, Chantal Blanc, um, that I came to the team and, and raced for them and learned from them. Um, and, you know, after every race, they're telling me what I did wrong and what I did right, but more so what I did wrong. And um, it was, I mean, it was a great experience Um to be on that level and to have that much pressure from these riders that um, can produce such great results. And then the next year, um, those three riders left the team and it was kind of a reset. Um, and I came into our first race, which was Redlands and we were going around the circle at the beginning of the race and everybody was saying what they wanted to get out of this race. And I said that I wanted to be on the podium. And it took a lot for me to say that because um, I'd never been ridden for, um, but I felt like I was ready and nobody else was going to speak up and say that. So I think that's another thing that's important is that we can't all just go out there and race for each other. That ever, we can't be racing for all six to eight riders. We, we've got to put our focus into one rider, just like you were saying that, um, I mean, the difference between each rider is so minimal that we need to put the strength of the team together in order to win a race. Um, so we came out of that race, and I was doing—I did great for the first, uh, for most of the stages, and then the, the last stage was just a, I just had a really tough day. Um, so I ended up falling off the podium, um, but I mean, it was still a great experience. And then progressed from there to win Joe Martin just a few weeks later. Um, and then later on in that season, I won Cascades. Um, so I was really proving to my team that I, I can be the rider that's ridden for. And then the following year, 
um, which would have been last year, um, we went over to Europe and did stage races. And I finished second in one race and third in another and, you know, much higher caliber of um, racers within the race. Um, So that's where I see, like, the steady progression that, you know, I started this team and I was a worker, then I was a GC rider in America, and then I was a GC rider in Europe. Um, So I'm I'm definitely looking forward to our next block. You know, I say I've plateaued um, this year, but I don't know if that's really true. We've been doing a lot of races that don't suit me and that aren't my type of races, and we're going to be going back over to Europe here in July um, to do races that do suit me. And so, I mean, I think that's going to be my time to shine. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So I've got I've got a couple of points that I want to bring out from uh, what you just talked about. So you had these uh, these young ladies that were obviously sounds like some of the better some of the better riders in the in the pro peloton, and you've got them on your team. They pull you aside after a race, right? You're saying they're telling you what you did right, but for this first year, they're mostly telling you what you did wrong. How did you How did you take that? Um, I cried a lot. Um, I took it um, personal, um, which I think a lot of women do. Um, but in the end, I learned from it. Um, once I got past the emotions and realized that they're just trying to make me better and they're just trying to, to help me and (laughs) that it wasn't that they were trying to tear me down. Um, so I think that was definitely a mental struggle of me. I, I, I tend to take things very personal and very emotionally. Um, so in sport, I just, you know, I've got to learn to put that aside. This concludes part one of the interview with professional rider Lauren Stevens, who rides for Team Tibco, presented by Silicon Valley Bank. Tune in next week as we get into part number two. We pick up where we left off with Lauren learning the ropes about being a professional rider in the European Peloton, and we'll continue along her path to where she currently is now. So stay tuned and be on the lookout for that podcast coming next week. In the meantime, if you don't mind jumping over to iTunes, you can leave me a positive review in the podcast section there. I would really appreciate that. Also, if you just want to make sure that you don't miss part one, part two of these interviews, as a lot of them will be formatted that way, you can go ahead and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Feel free to share this with your friends on your social media and anybody else that you think would benefit from this content. We're trying to get the word out about what we're trying to do here because the ultimate goal is to see athletes perform at their true potential, which is just such an exciting thing for everybody involved in that process. So thank you guys so much for your support. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to A Champion's Mind. As you continue to implement the content discussed here, you'll move closer and closer to performing at your utmost potential. Keep challenging yourself and don't settle until you achieve your goals. If you can't wait until the next episode to do some more work on your mental game, head over to utmostperformance.org where you can find some more content to consume. You can also like our Facebook page, Utmost Performance. We sincerely value your support as we continue to partner together to help you perform at your utmost.